Hello, my name is Matchel Chambers, and you are listening to the E-Chamber Podcast, where the aim is to encourage, educate, and even entertain. All subjects are on the table, anything from faith, culture, life experience, etc. I hope you enjoy this episode, and don't forget to subscribe. Hello, you're listening to another episode, and I'm going to jump right into things because know that you have been inundated with a lot of information. There's probably been a lot of things that you have been hearing um, about everything that's going on. And um, like everyone else, I have a lot of thoughts about things, but I wanted to just get directly into something because, um, and I think it could be a starting point or what I think is the starting point of how we're going to deal with a lot of these issues. First of all, um, not just um, George Floyd, but anyone that has lost their life to police brutality or any form of racism. Recently, there are cases that we are not even aware of, and there are cases that, um, you know, I've just been coming to light, like I've just learned myself. So um, obviously, uh, you feel for those families or you that are grieving that even with all of the attention that this gets or lack of attention they have to go home to those families so obviously it's sorry for what they're going through and um as a youth leader at my church uh child and youth worker someone that has seen a lot of these things um let me not let me not um jump around it there are a lot of black people that are hurting right now and uh people want to say well uh, want to look at George Floyd or look at specific cases or look at it. No, it's at the end of the day, all that's coming to light, all that we're talking about is what, 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 I don't know. There are different people want to look at it different ways. At the end of the day, as black people, we are feeling like uh, we know that racism exists systemically set up in the system. And, um, you know, there are some people will technically this and technically that. None of that's the point. It exists, and if you have experienced it, um, even these experiences is almost triggering something inside of people, and I've talked to people who are on different sides of things. And honestly, my emotions, where I was at, I was on different side of things. And I heard one thing from someone, you know, what should we do this, what should we do that, what should we do this, and they said, right now it's, it's, it's starting with a conversation. And at first, I was kind of say, conversation, we're done talking. This is action time. We need to do stuff. What's about talking about stuff? It was too much talking. We need to do something. But, uh, and it's been hard to even pray. It's been hard to kind of, kind of ground myself a little bit. But when I heard that, I was, um, and I had to do a Bible study with youth. And um, my, uh, I feel I was led church word for those who are not Christian, meaning my thoughts went towards a certain passage, which I believe God kind of directed me. But um, we know that, I don't know if you are aware, for those who are non-Christians, but one of the most famous passages in the Bible, uh, specifically New Testament, is John three sixteen: God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, but the context of that passage, people who are not Christians don't know who is Jesus saying this to? So he's saying this to Nicodemus, a Pharisee. 
And scribes and Pharisees are people that Jesus used to argue with a lot. And they were very religious um, um, sections within the Jewish culture who up, upheld what they felt is the highest standard of, of faith towards God. So when Jesus came along, they were kind of like, this is not, this, he's not of God. And they would look at a lot of things he did, like eating with um, regular people, some of the things that Jesus was doing, breaking the Sabbath in their eyes, some of the things they felt that Jesus was doing, they're like, he's radical, he's not of God. But obviously the people loved him. You can read more if you don't, if you're not aware to get the context. But um, the thing about that passage is he came to him at night, the Bible says. And many believe the reason why he came is because it wasn't popular to uh, follow Jesus. Now Jesus is popular and um, in the sense of saying that everyone's fine with Jesus. At that time, everyone was not fine with Jesus. And if you were somebody that um, followed Jesus, your very life was at stake. Because um, scribes and Pharisees obviously um, threw their hand and then kind of pushing the Romans, Romans to um, crucify Jesus. But they were really pushing for it. So... Um, that was a, a real issue back then. So you can see why he was hesitant to even side with him and why he came at night and he kind of privately said, I believe you're God. Like, I get it. The signs and wonders you're doing it, you're with God, I believe you. And Jesus talks about you need to be born again. He talks about how he needs to be born again and, and then he goes into that. And I don't want to limit this passage down to that, but it is one of the famous conversations within the Bible. It's one of the famous conversations, and I was just looking at that and said, look at the power of this conversation. This uh, this Pharisee who, um, if he had kids, would have taught them, and, and probably not about Jesus, and would have, uh, a lot of them were saying, this is not Jesus, he's blaspheming. But because of what he saw, and the conversation that he had about what he saw, helped make a change in him. And then that change, I believe, would change his whole family tree and then etc. What am I saying all this? That it's going to start with a conversation. And for some of us, yes, we'll pass conversations. We want to see action and everything. But different people are at different stages when it comes to race uh, relations and everything. Uh, race relations, I don't know if that's a good... Is that, is that a... a like sexual term or no relationships right that's what i mean like so we're, we're at different stages of that i don't know if i'm gonna edit that part out we're at different stages in that sense if you look at the um jewish people when jesus came you understand his disciples he said hey he's the christ they followed him right away. we say we get your message we understand you're with god we're gonna jump on board right away then there were others that came to Jesus where they, uh, his other disciples and 70, there were others that came along and they believed him, miracles, but they left when things were hard. But there are other people that came in and out of his circle, but he mainly had the 12. But it's the, the, it's the idea that some got it right away. Some had to see more and you have like uh, Nicodemus and maybe others that are not mentioned in scripture that got it a little bit later. And if you read that, he was almost on the fence. You, I don't know when he was on the fence, but it was enough that he needed to go to Jesus and ask him some questions and to say, ask him questions to say things. And that conversation was like the last piece to kind of, I believe, push him over the edge. Um, not push him over the edge, but in his belief of Christ. And 
there are many of you that says, I don't know where to start. It's going to start with a conversation. If you're talking about change, we're, we're not animals uh, in the sense of saying that animals can communicate without words, and, and they do so. But we, we have this powerful use of language that we can communicate things, we can share how we feel, we can talk about things, and that is a starting place. Should people be further along? One of the things you will notice in that passage, Jesus talks about um, being born again as a Christian. And he says, you're a Jewish teacher. Shouldn't you know that? So it's not like Jesus let him off the hook completely. He said, you should know some of this stuff. Jesus held accountable, but Jesus still took him along. And if you're having a conversation, it may be okay to say to somebody, when it comes to racism, like, I, I, I don't know why you're not further along. But you have to also understand the power of that conversation. Jesus changed the world with the few relationships he had. Yes, he preached to the masses. Yes, he did miracles. Yes, he did great things. But this conversation, among other conversations, is part of the way that he changed. Because the believers that already subscribed and believed in him, they, they didn't need a lot of conversations. They were being taught and learning things that was different. But the ones that were on the fence that we're seeing the miracles and say, well, maybe he's of God, maybe he's not. Some of the conversations and the things that he said, that was a change point. That was a, the change for them. So if you are if you are somebody here, whether you're black, whether you're white, it starts with a conversation, a very uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation. So you have to be prepared that people are going to say things that you don't agree with, and that's okay. Um, and it's okay to say you don't agree with it. And it's okay if you feel like, I feel like you may personally feel like I think this person needs to be further along. They're not further along. Or maybe you're behind. Whatever the case is, to have the conversation. Because the equivalent or, or the other extreme is to not have a conversation and just pretend. But I think we're past that. I think that we are having these conversations and they're needed conversations. And I, as I was encouraging the young people, I said, I believe there's change happening. and But the change is not always tangible ways that you can see. So for example... Let's say that there's somebody, um, I've talked to some people who are white, and they say their parents used to use the N-word, they used to say racial slurs, da-da-da-da-da-da. But based on their experience and their upbringing, they said, I'm not going to do that stuff. Because maybe their parents and their parents and their parents did that. But this person, based on their experience, what they know about black people, their interactions, they said they're not going to do that. Uh, their experience with black people understanding things. Now, they have kids, and now they break that dangerous cycle in that family tree. And now their kids will not hear them use the N-word. Their kid will not see that stuff, racist, 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 racist jokes. So it changed. And I believe that there are a lot of people who are on the fence with these issues that are seeing what's going on, and they're saying, I'm going to make a change. If it's as simple as I'm not going to subscribe to racist jokes and when I'm around my friends who make racist jokes, I'm not going to I'm gonna say that's not okay, that's going to be the change. Yes, it would be great if people were further along, but if that's where people are right now, that's where people are right now. And we, as uh, Dr. King, he has a famous quote where he says, whether we walk, whether we crawl, whatever the case is, it has to be forward. So if you feel like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing anything, it starts with a conversation. Don't let anyone make you feel like you're doing nothing if you're having a conversation. Yes, I believe there comes a point when you have enough conversation and Jesus kind of does that within his teachings if I get deeper. That is not just about conversations, about action, but the conversation is a starting point. And an honest conversation 
where somebody can share their thoughts, share their feelings, even um, share some of the racist thinking or stereotypical thinking or the misinformation that they've had. That's the starting point. And I think that a lot of us can be an advocate of change when we're able to start that conversation. That is mainly the issue that I want to bring on the podcast. I want to maybe possibly take this up again. I know there's a lot of stuff missing. Well, Matra, what about this? And what about the protests? And what about this? And what about that? Trust me, I was racking my brain with what I want to talk and how I wanted to share. But I'm like, this is the starting point. It's conversations. It's let's talk. Let's talk about things. Let's talk within the black community. Let's talk with different races. Let's talk about um, all that we're experiencing and that is where the um, change starts with the conversation. Hopefully people become listening. Hopefully they understand. There's some healing that starts there. And then you can say, okay, now what's the next step? I am very practical in, in, in my thinking in the sense to say that I talk. But once I get to understand, I'm like kind of like, what is the next step right now? But it starts with a conversation. So that's it for me today. I'm encouraging you, even in all this that's going on, have that conversation with people, talk about things, and you'd be surprised what change happens just off a conversation.